You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It's bonus episode. I love bonus episodes. Bonus episodes are fun. So we've been doing this great series with Bishop Hardy on leadership and his book, Pastoral Leadership, Shepherding and Caring for God's People. And I was having a conversation with someone here at the International Center recently. I was like, oh, this is a really good topic. We need to we need to do a mashup and continue this conversation, a bonus episode with Bishop Hardy on not just leadership, but leadership among boards, committees, councils, all those things. And who knows a lot about that, but the person who spends a lot of time with recognized service organizations, Deaconess Dorothy Cran. She's the director of LCMS Recognized Service Organizations. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Thank you very much, Andy. It's been a little while since we've chatted. And yeah, it has been. It's good to have you in studio in between all the visits that you make to various <laughs> boards all across the country for so many organizations. And it is great to continue our conversation with the Reverend Dr. Jameson Hardy, Bishop of the English District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and author of Pastoral Leadership, Shepherding and Caring for God's People. Pastor Hardy, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Great to be with you. This is our bonus and last episode in this series. I'm pretty excited about it, though. Some more practical application when it comes to leadership. So, Bishop Hardy, let's talk about in your position as a bishop or district president, where do you get to observe executive and administrative teams or maybe even serve on them as well and see them in in action? Yeah, the list is long. I, I, in fact, in these last days, I've had to kind of pare back on some of them. I'm on too many boards, but, you know, I have the, the pleasure of seeing the congregational level councils as well as the boards, congregations, but then also I serve on a number of boards synodically, Lutheran Federal Credit Union, boards of regions, Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Ann Arbor. And, and that really gives me a broad spectrum, certainly not as thorough as Dorothy in terms of all the organizations that she gets to be involved with. But, you know, my predominant area obviously is congregations and church councils, but it is a major part of my job to deal with both the executives and the the boards and or councils in my position and get to see a vast and variety of different styles and types. Dorothy, how many organizations do you work with, which means you probably visit the boards for all of those organizations, right? For, for many of them, yeah. <clears throat> so currently we have 187 organizations plus 139 of our Lutheran schools. And how many of those do you visit typically in a year? <laughs> oh, yeah, it varies year to year. <laughs> Definitely meet with the new RSOs that apply and then sporadically with the other RSOs. So when you visit with them, quite often your visit includes right. a, a board meeting, right? Correct. Yeah. Meeting with the CEO and then meeting with their board along with the CEO. I think you win the award <laughs> um, because if you have to, if you attend that many board meetings in a year, I think that deserves some sort of like ribbon, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. We can make that happen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's fun. What it's are fun some things that you've blessing. gleaned through the years as you're in your service in leading recognized service organizations for the Synod that as in observing boards and committees like that? You know, it's fascinating. And every board is different. Sorry. Every board is different. And they're made up differently. Mm-hmm. 
So it's fascinating to meet with them to see that difference often in the board structure, the relationship with the CEO and the board. The board chairs oversee, you know, the board in their their input in how they relate to the other board members. So fascinating. It really is fascinating. <laughs> what are some ways that you see these executive teams, board leadership teams? What are some of those dynamics that you see that work really well as you observe them? Okay. You know, the one dynamic is walking into the meeting and seeing how they, how the board members are interacting with each other. Interacting with the CEO mm-hmm. is always very interesting. When you walk into the room and you can tell that they have a strong relationship with one another and they have a strong commitment to the organization, to the ministry, that is that's the exciting part. Sometimes there are boards that are very quiet <laughs> and it's always fascinating because there isn't always that strong relationship there between the members. What does that then mean? I mean, what can you glean from that when you can see that relationship among the the, the board members right. and interacting with the, the CEO? What does that tell you? Like, is that a, a reflection of how the organization functions? Well, I would say it could be, sometimes not. But when you see that strong relationship where the CEO knows those board members Mm -hmm. and the board members know the ministry that's being, you know, they're aware they're part of it. They're not just sitting there filling a chair. So I've had other people tell me some CEOs, you know, we're not looking for someone to just fill a chair. Mm. We're looking for that person who values this ministry, who's willing to be part of it, to promote it, to live it out and who's willing to go and, Talk to the clients, talk to the residents, to become engaged fully in that ministry. Bishop Hardy, how about for you in the the boards, the executive teams that that you work with? What are some some examples of healthy teams? Healthy, or, or what are some things that that tell you that this is a, a healthy team? Yeah, I don't want to repeat uh, what Dorothy said, but I think she's right. I mean, the interaction that occurs with the the leader, the CEO, the the pastor, who's ever there with the members, really tells it t- tells the story. The other thing I think for me is just the temperament, the actual temperament of people. I go into meetings that are you know ahead of time there's conflict, and so when you walk in, you can feel the the tension. It's 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 almost something that as I enter a room, I can immediately tell you how the meeting is going to go based on just the feeling in the room. Now, now, it might seem somewhat silly, but it really is true because the the idea that entering a meeting that you know has a negative or a, a difficult purpose is always going to start out in a bad way. Now, it doesn't mean I haven't been in meetings where things have gone bad and they started off good, but generally speaking, healthy organizations come into a board meeting or into a meeting with with a happier attitude, a more positive attitude, and an attitude that has joy in serving rather than kind of the drudgery that I get from some congregations and ministries that are struggling. And it's very, very clear when you when you get to that point. There's definitely a vibe you can feel 
the energy in the room, you can tell if it's if this is something that people want to be doing and want to be there, a, a more positive energy that's going on between people or a much, you can tell when, when everything is kind of tense and downcast and, and that definitely can affect how the team functions together. So Bishop Hardy, what about some examples of dysfunctional teams, unhealthy teams? Uh, I think we've probably all experience that at one point or another. Uh, what does that look like, that that more dysfunctional executive team leadership? Yeah, there's no doubt about it that one specific characteristic stands out in dysfunction, and that is the clear message that is sent of individualism when it comes to the positions that are being taken on the board. Whether it's the CEO or a member of the board, you can always tell that one person that's just not happy because of the demeanor that they have and the way in which they speak to both other board members and or the executive, and it's whether the executive or the pastor speaks to board members. It's that it's the respect that is not given, that it's an indication of unhealthy board behavior. And it's very, very clear, by the way, and I, I, I'll say in my experience, certainly is different than probably Dorothy's here, because her experience is predominantly with, you know, organizations, mine's predominantly with churches, specifically mm -hmm. congregations. And so with congregations, you have a very definitive either pastor that's in a bad mood or not happy or a, a specific group or individual of a church leader who is not happy. And so their attitude is reflective. It just is clear and is very unhealthy. And, and for me, it's just as predictable as the good meetings are going to be when the bad meetings, because when you have somebody who's got a scowl on their face, their introduction to you is, is terse and, and kind of just gruff. You know, I, I always try to make a, a joke or something to see if I can break them of that kind of anger. And when they, when they don't break, then I know this is going to go bad. You know, mm -hmm. you use the term individualism. Mm. Can you unpack that a little bit more about what you mean by individualism when, when we're talking about in a, a, a team, executive team like that? Well, I mean, if it's, if it's a, a, a member of the management, you can just tell by the way they're speaking or the direction that they're going that they're against either the board or, or the other executives. It's just, it's a matter of kind of either self-survival or more directly anger and attack. And, it, and it's identifiable because what, when you when you see the way they're speaking or the positions they're speaking about, it, it's pointed at someone or something. And ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's always somebody else and not themselves. And <laughs> and that goes back to the old Genesis story of Abra, excuse me, Adam and Eve. When God found Adam and Eve hiding, he you know he addressed Adam and immediately Adam blamed God. It's the woman you gave me. So it's 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 a very biblical thing individualism. You're nodding your head, Dorothy. <laughs> Do you, have you seen examples where, and I know obviously we're not going to give specific examples, but, but where you've seen how individualism can train wreck a meeting or even the mission of an organization? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I've seen where one board member can kind of govern the entire meeting. Mm -hmm. And you, you can understand many of the other board members are probably a little fearful to speak up or feel maybe a little devalued and are not willing to speak up. So you'll have one voice that's leading all of the discussion. And oftentimes I've had, I've actually had CEOs tell me they value having a board member who will 
question, mm-hmm. but not doing it in a combative type way, but in a healthy, mm-hmm. you know, why is this doing? Why are we doing that? What's the reason behind it? And board members need to understand that responsibility, especially in a nonprofit, that they are responsible for what takes place in that ministry of the organization. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to answer to that. So there is a healthy way to, you know, bring up issues within a board. But yeah, sometimes you see that one person, that one board member who is totally operating and running that that board. It's not the CEO. It's a board person. Yeah, a lot of growth can only yeah. happen if if you're willing to take a, a hard look at what you're yeah. doing and, and to question things in a good way to make sure you're doing what you should be doing and that you're you're adapting to what's happening. So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. are there other ways you've seen dysfunctional executive teams, boards in your experience? You know, sometimes, and I, I'm not sure often why, oftentimes you can tell either the CEO or the board chairs is running the meeting. And it's hard to sometimes gauge if that's just because the other board members feel a respect to that person and are not willing to contribute or if there could be a little maybe not value. Onboarding is so important mm. for board members and I think Bishop Hardy would agree any any board. When you come on a board to understand what is my role as a board member, oftentimes people have no idea. Mm. You know, that hand is up, they've been voted in. And they come in and go, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. (laughs) So onboarding board members, very, very valuable. We're talking about leadership today with Bishop Jameson Hardy and Deaconess Dorothy Krenz. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment, learning more about leadership on boards, committees, teams, executive, administrative teams in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're learning about leadership today, particularly on executive or administrative leadership teams with Bishop Jameson Hardy and Deaconess Dorothy Kranz. We we talked about onboarding a little bit. Deaconess Kranz mentioned onboarding new board members. Mm -hmm. And we also talked about some healthy challenge as well, Mm -hmm. rather than just having one person dominate a whole meeting. And I think we should go to the wrestler for that to yes. talk about a healthy challenge. <laughs> now, who's the wrestler among our guests today? Oh, right. That's, that's Bishop Hardy. So let's talk about healthy challenge. What, Bishop Hardy, could you give some examples of where it might be healthy or what healthy challenge might look like from board members rather than just having one person dominate a whole meeting? This this really is, is a great question. I I've had experience both as a parish pastor and as well as bishop and president of the district on on a healthy exchange. It's not always comfortable. I, I, w- I want to make a distinction here between healthy and comfortable. They're not equal. In mm-hmm. fact, in the in the cases that I'm going to tell you that it was very healthy 
they were co-equally uncomfortable. Where I in, in congregational life, I had one man in particular who would, and he would be very, very vocal in a way that some would even classify as disrespectful or, or, or maybe even would say is unhealthy. He'd raise his voice. He'd get very animated, get very aggressive. And then when the when the when the vote was taken on any of the subjects that he was combative on or disagreeing on, and he lost immediately, he got on board and supported what the group did. And so, when I, when I give this example, what I'm pointing to is healthy disagreement does not mean that it's always going to be comfortable. But if you're a part of the team and you want the the ministry or the organization to move forward. When, when the group decides, the voters' assembly or the board or, or whatever, when they decide to go in a direction, it becomes healthy when that person who is combative or aggressive in their position to take a different side jumps on board and says, well, this is what the group's deciding. I'm going to support it. And I've seen it time and time again, especially in congregations. It's not so much as easy to do that at corporate level because you have this, in most cases, the Carver model where the board only has one employee, which is the CEO. And so it's a little bit harder there. But on the board level, the same thing goes. You walk out of the room with agreement that even though there was disagreement, you walk in unison together. The word synod, walking together as one. And I think that's that's the key right there. And every organization that I deal with that's that's really a healthy organization, this is how it operates. There's extreme disagreement in meetings. Positions are taken, maybe even sometimes strong positions, but at the end of the day, when they walk out, they're unified. On the flip side of that, unhealthy conflict, unhealthy discord, what does that look like? And is that a sign of some spiritual issues going on on the board or especially maybe in an RSO, Dorothy, if you have opinion too, but Bishop Hardy, what does that, what does that look like on the flip side of what unhealthy conflict looks like. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that unhealthy conflict is a spiritual issue. Nothing else needs to be said there in evaluation. But I will say that unhealthy conflict can be productive when both sides take responsibility for the part of the unhealthiness that they contributed. I've seen this on the Council of Presidents. I won't get into specific situations, but I have been in the presence of colleagues of mine, and even in some cases, my own self, where, you know, being amped up and being animated about any number of topics that are theological in nature, by the way, at the council, draws out the worst in us. And accountability had to be taken publicly and or privately, and we move forward together. So, I mean, good Christian people at times are going to do unhealthy things in their board service. And the key here is to take responsibility, ask for forgiveness, and, and work hard not to engage in that behavior in the future. But there's no doubt about it that, you know, folks need to understand that it's going to happen. We're sinful human people, even though we serve the church and God. Dorothy, have you seen a, or, or do you have examples of a, an unhealthy or weak team becoming, growing into a healthy team? Well, definitely. You know, there is always that place to turn that board around. And of course, like part of what President Hardy was saying too. Yes, it's spiritual. You need to have prayer. Mm -hmm. A board that opens with prayer has a devotion. How do we work together? And I always bring up, even, even with the organizations, this is a body of Christ that's serving in ministry. And how do we serve 
together. We're not serving what we shouldn't be serving separately. We should be serving together as a body of Christ and working together. You know, I love when I walk into a meeting and there's laughter, there's teasing going on, whatever, and I can tell right away, we're going to have a great meeting, and we always do, because there's a humbleness in the leadership, and there is that strong relation between the CEO and between the board members. They know each other, Mm -hmm. and yeah, they may not agree on every topic, but they have that relationship as a body of Christ, as a family, to where we can work through it. Have you seen steps that organizations, their executive teams have taken to change that culture from something that maybe isn't working so well to something that a better culture of how the team is functioning? Yeah, and it it goes both ways. I have an organization that, you know, they had somebody, you want to call it, kind of hijack the whole organization. And that can happen. And it can happen very quickly. And they were able to turn it around. Now, it took about a whole year mm. for them to turn that around, but they were able to. And they are now probably healthier and stronger. And will say, you know, God was in that too. He never left that organization, the ministry. Mm-hmm. They went through a difficult time, but they came back even stronger and more vibrant. Bishop Hardy, examples of how you've seen a team go from a an unhealthy team to a healthy team, aside from taking it to the mat and just wrestling, right? <laughs> well, see, that, that's the problem. Andy, Andy you, you take away my most successful ability. I mean, you can do that. That well, would make for interesting meetings. The, the old Thunderdome, two men enter, one man leaves, really is is, is great. No, look, I think ultimately in my life, the the greatest examples I can give you where there's unhealthiness move towards health is what I said previous. You know, both parties taking responsibility for the part they play, seeking reconciliation and and seeking a desire to do better. And I think, you know, good Christian people who are pointed out that their behavior was not godly or becoming of a child of God immediately become overwhelmed with, you know, uh, um, kind of embarrassment of their own behavior and want to do better. And that's what Luther says in a small catechism, right? One of the things about confession and absolution is a desire to want to do better. And the organizations that are the healthiest that I've been a part of and that I've observed are always a collective of people that always want to do better. If they're not wanting to do better, I classify them as unhealthy. And and that's really the distinction between in my opinion, good organizational leadership and not good organizational leadership. If the collective group of people are not seeking to do better in every situation, including, by the way, performance, including communication, I mean, go down the list. If they're not seeking to do better, it's just not going to be a healthy organization. And I, again, I've been a party to uh, physical reconciliation at the Council of Presidents. (laughs) uh, It's really a joy. It, It really is. I mean, we have our moments, but the best moments are when we're when we're showing each other the love and mercy that God has first shown to us. We have just about two minutes left. We'll start with you, Bishop Hardy. Uh, any resources you'd point us to for helping a team that wants to improve its capacity to serve its organization? Well, you know, as a CPH author, I'm required to to uh, promote my colleague's book, uh, Kurt Sensky's book on uh, better boards. Uh, without a doubt. 
but there, there are a lot of uh, ministry tools out there. But I, for me, the resources I would point to are actually the scriptural re- references, and actually the confessional references, and, and Luther's small catechism on the idea of confession and absolution. Going back to what I said previously, if, if the organization is not seeking to do better and to, to love the neighbor as the self, according to Christ's command, there's going to be no health and wellness anyways. And, and so I just, I think from a structural perspective, you know, Kurt, Kurt Sensky's book is really, really good from a theological perspective. I think having that underpinning of doing the work of Christ for the sake of the church, loving God and loving the neighbor is the most important thing. Deaconess Kranz, what about you? Resources? Yeah. I, I'm just going to say amen to what Bishop Hardy <laughs> said. Yeah. In between his book talking about pastoral leadership, which carries over to a nonprofit board also, a Kurt Sensky's book. Yeah. Who are we serving? We are serving our Lord and Savior. That's first and foremost. That's ministry of these organizations. So understanding that, and that brings into that forgiveness at reconciliation time also. I've learned a lot in this series. I don't know about you. Have you, Sarah? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. And I found it really beneficial. Pastor Hardy, thank you so much for spending all these weeks with us, helping us learn about leadership. It's just been a delight to read your book and also to do this fun, creative collaboration on this last episode as well. The Reverend Dr. Jameson Hardy, Bishop of the English District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod and author of Pastoral Leadership, Shepherding and Caring for God's People. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much for having me. And Deaconess Dorothy Kranz, Director of LCMS Recognized Service Organizations, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.